Today, our guest is Harry Dry of Marketing Examples. Simply put, Harry is one of the most impressive marketers that I've come to know. Harry left his job last year to pursue his project, Marketing Examples, and hasn't looked back since. Marketing Examples is the website every marketer wishes they had written themselves. Short, actionable case studies from across the world of marketing. Harry's content is written in a way that's unique to him, but it's also a celebration of someone who's taken the time to master our subject, but also a number of skills within it. Copywriting, an attitude of giving, uh, design and repurposing. These are all things that Harry does better than pretty much anyone I know, which is you know, absolutely outstanding. In effect, Harry is someone who does something that the rest of us probably say that we do, if we're honest, but then does it with an incredible amount of empathy, patience and skill. Today's session has been sold on the basis of how Harry built his email list to over 38,000 people in just over a year. But he's already given me a preview of his slides and you can see that on the title slide, it's already moved up to how he's built his list to over 42,000 people in just over a year, which kind of gives you a, a, a taste of the velocity uh, in which marketing examples is growing. Um, this is important because even though the year may be 2020, email marketing remains as relevant as ever. And while this is important, also important is the thought that how you earn that information uh, that folks give you over the course of time is also still really relevant. You need to earn that right. And Harry's done that incredibly well. And I'm looking forward to hearing his story on how he's done that. I want to thank you all for being here. And I also want to thank the sponsors uh, for enabling us to do what we're doing. Uh, they've all been unbelievable right throughout the course of this year. Um, and the pleasant thing about it, especially, is that, you know, today's session, we had like over 750 signups for today, you know, which shows an incredible sense of momentum behind the community as well. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for the sponsors supporting us over all this time. So I just want to say a big thanks to uh, Content Cow, Pitch, Fiverr, Redgate, Cambridge Marketing College, Lido, Brand, Further, Third Light and Human. Um, all I'll ask is that I'm going to send a follow-up email after this session. Now, hopefully by the end of this session, you will be informed, you will be entertained, you will be inspired. And all we ask in return is that you say thank you to the sponsors. Uh, we'll link their LinkedIn profiles right there. Uh, just take the time to say hello to them. So, Harry, you know, that's my introduction done, my friend. So uh, it's over to you. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, that was a far too generous, um, a far too generous introduction. And I've got no idea how I'm going to live up <laughs> to the heart, but I'll give it a go. Okay. So um, about 18 months ago, I was working as a, as a web designer in a company in London. And if you said today, I'd be doing a talk about growing a newsletter or a business, I guess, to 42,000 subscribers, I'd, I would, yeah, I wouldn't believe you. I'd have thought I'd still be doing you know, the same, the same web design. So it's a real privilege to be here and thank you all so much for, for coming and big respect to what Joe's built, getting so many people here. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, okay, so quickly about me. Uh, as I said, I was working as a, as a web designer and that meant I, I looked at loads of design inspiration websites. So that's sort of like Pinterest for, for web design. 
And I realized that there's so much of this stuff for design, but there was nothing like this for marketing. So I thought, um, I'm going to try and, and build like the sort of uh, Pinterest, I guess, for, for marketing. And it was perfect because it didn't require any upfront work. So I, I started this website called marketingexamples.com. It was originally going to be called Marketing Burger Van, uh, but I'm really grateful that I ended up spending a thousand pounds on the uh, to get the right domain. And um, the beautiful thing about a content business I found is that you can you can start it from day one. So I'd work in my job as a web designer, and then on the evenings and the weekends I would start writing articles. And um, after a couple of months, the website got sponsored by Email Octopus, and um, they they were paying me six hundred pounds a month. Not, not massive at the time, but that was enough for me to say, you know what, I'm going to leave my job and, and go for this. So, um, yeah, 18 months later, it's, it's done quite well. And I'm going to break down how I grew the email list, basically the newsletter, a uh, crash course. Here we go. So I want to keep things really simple. Um, growing, a, growing a newsletter for your business, for personal, whatever it is, it's the same two things. It's people seeing your work. How many people can you get? Yeah, people seeing your work and conversion, how many people are signing up. So it's, it's, it's that simple. Those are the two numbers and it comes out with newsletter signups. Um, so we'll look at both of these like variables, I suppose. Um, okay, so how do you get people to see your work? Well, for me, the mistake people make, sorry, with their, with their newsletter is they'll write their newsletter every week, they'll host it on Substack, or if you're a business, it will just sit kind of at the bottom of your website or, or whatever and you'll assume people find out about it. You'll assume people sign up, but obviously that doesn't happen. Um, so my kind of secret, I suppose, not really a secret, it's very obvious, is my newsletter would be my content marketing. So I'd, I'd finish work, get back home, I'd write my articles, and then they'd be my newsletter, but I'd, but I'd also share them with the, the World Wide Web. Now, I didn't have a following at all, and I'm not sure your, your businesses might not have followings either, um, I didn't have a following on Twitter, LinkedIn. I didn't even use Facebook. So how can I share my content? It's a, it's a, big, a, a big thing. Um, and I started out on places like Reddit and I joined a bunch of marketing Slack groups and indie hackers. And the best thing about these kind of platforms here is that they're a level playing field. So there's no follow account. You're judged on the quality of your content. You don't have to have 2,000, 3,000 Twitter followers to make any kind of impact. Um, and I wrote an article, uh, my, my third or so article, I wrote about a company called Nomad List. And I, sh I shared it, and I think a few people added the founder of Nomad List. His name is Peter Levels, and he quite liked it, shared it on his, um, on his website. And I had my first kind of 50, 100 subscribers from that, from that one article. Okay, let's get a little bit more technical. So um, this basic operation I had in the early days of just write something, share it on Reddit, um, try and maybe email it to a few marketers, really, really simple, has over the last 18 months morphed into something um, a bit more complex or a bit, a bit better, I suppose. So let me explain. Firstly, you find, I, I, my target market is marketers. So I found all the different places where marketers hang out online. So there's a bunch of Facebook groups, okay, Dork, SaaS Marketer, Charm Offensive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a bunch of Slack groups, Marketers Chat, Online Geniuses, a bunch of Reddit communities, and then um, Zest, Indie Hackers, Hacker News, Growth Hackers, etc. You find all these places. And then I ask myself the question, 
how can I add value or how can I hit people directly on these platforms? So you can't, adding value isn't just dumping, dumping a link. You've got to kind of, people are busy. So you've got to wow them on the platform they're already using or you end up getting ignored. So what I would do is um, I would, actually I should, I should say there's no one size fits all formula for this. So Facebook is different to Twitter, it's different to Reddit. So I, I tailor my content to each of these individual platforms and I would share in full on every platform. And then afterwards I'd say, if you enjoyed what I've wrote, would you like to join my, my email list? I'll just show you this in action now. It's a little video. So this is Twitter and I'd write out my article as a thread on Twitter. Uh, it's quite fast. And then I'd say, Reddit, same principle. Um, and then I'd say, would you like to join the list? Indie hackers. So this is one article um, about 17 copywriting tips. And instead of just sort of having it on your newsletter and it just living there, I would basically beam it all around different holes of the internet. And this then um, also morphed into Instagram and LinkedIn. So I, I realized like I could just, I have a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn and an Instagram page now for marketing examples. And I could just um, post a link to the article, but who's really gonna click that? So I turned my, um, my posts, my, marketing content into Instagram uh, carousels, I think the term is, and LinkedIn slideshows. And that's basically a way of putting my whole article on these specific platforms. Um, and the, the, the distinction here is it's not about getting people to my website. I think that's what a lot of marketers think. You've got to get them to your website, get them to your website. But content these days is, is consumed on LinkedIn itself, Twitter itself, Instagram itself. So my philosophy was just wow people where they are. Um, and then obviously I, I kind of back this up by saying, hey, would you like to join the email list? Uh, the whole process of sort of repurposing content, if you'd like, uh, is about four hours. So I'd make the content and then I'd have to uh, turn it into a slightly different format for each platform. But once you've got the content, it's, it's not too hard to do this. Um, okay, so then that was what I do for longer form sharing, but there's also, shorter form sharing. So platforms like Facebook and, and Slack, you can't really put your whole article on, on these platforms. So what I do is I break um, my best tip out of each article and I'd share that isolatedly on, well, not even the word, sorry, but I'd share that on, on Facebook itself. So here I have a tip about Apple's MP3. Um, no one cares what you can do. Everyone cares what you can do for them. And I share this in the SaaS growth hacks Facebook page, and then I'd link my website and my tw Twitter below. And um, okay, and then I do the same on I do the same on Slack. Now, what you kind of end up with is this is this place where you create value on other people's platforms. So, designer news, LinkedIn, indie hackers, Twitter, etc. And then my whole kind of goal is to sort of transfer this down to my own platform, and then you store the value with your, with your email list. Um, the email list is the kind of gold bar in the bank, if you will, because I'd say, well, why email? Well, you read a blog once, you might, or you might read a website once. Let's say you run Ahrefs' website and you like the content, but you forget about it. Um, so you don't come back to it. It's really simple. If, you, if someone subscribes to the email list, it's just your direct line into them every single, every single time. Um, as well, it's, it's the only platform you truly own. So there's so much 
um, I'd say new media rise and fall. Uh, email has been around longer, it will survive longer. Me I think a lot of people grew audiences on Medium and then suddenly Medium paywall their content and a Medium 10,000 followers on Medium is much less valuable. And with Twitter, you might think, oh, I'll grow my Twitter following, but, but with Twitter's stance on um, um, kind of, what's it called? Um, uh, data, or no, taking down posts or, or what have you. Parler is a new platform which has kind of started. I have no idea about it, but it wouldn't surprise me if in five years it was, it had 30%, 50% of Twitter's share. So email is, is, is why no one can take that away from you, I suppose. Um, and here is, this was about a couple of months ago, but across all my sharing, this was roughly what it would look like. So Twitter, where I wrote my Twitter threads, and I'd link the email subscribe at the end of all the threads, um, had the most signups, and then Reddit, Indie Hackers, Facebook, um, that's the rough breakdown of where I get my new subscribers from. Um, and, okay, and, and I want to just make a quick, a quick point here, because the best... The best self-promoters, I guess I'm a, yeah, I promote a lot of my content. I'm a self-promoter, but the best self-promoters aren't really self-promoters. They take the time to become genuine members of each community. So a lot of what I had to do in the early days when I was starting out was to actually like become a real member of Indie Hackers, in, in, become a real member of these Slack groups and, and people not think I was just in there to promote my stuff. Um, I think that my line on, I think it, it resonates a bit with the, the marketing meetup as well, but my kind of uh, line would be content sharing. It's a positive sum game. The more you can do for other people, the more they'll do for you. And this is an example of this. So in the early days, I was always trying to get the word out there. So someone wrote, I want to get better at SaaS sales and marketing. And I replied, hey, Shiv, I was in your shoes this time last year, started reading a lot about the subject. Here's some of the best stuff I found. Um, Ahrefs, Growth Design, Everyone Hates Marketers podcast. I'm sure the marketing meetup will be on there now if I, if I knew about it. Um, and then I said, I got so into it that I set up my own thing, marketing examples, where I share short, sweet, real world examples of great marketing. Poured months into it and I think it will help you out. Um, but the point is that I'm, I'm being useful. I'm not just shoving it down the, someone's throat. No one, no one appreciates that. And um, a, a big thing in my kind of early days was the importance of making friends. So how does your newsletter grow? You need, you need a few people, advocates, people who are gonna, to help you out. So a quick side note story, but it's, it's a useful one. I, uh, there was a, someone called Steph Smith who works for Trends, a uh, website called Trends. And she posted on Twitter that she was in London and she was hosting a little meetup in London for um, for her followers, and I didn't really want to go to it, but I thought, you know, I, I'll, I'll go and meet a few people. So I went to this meetup and got to know Steph a little bit, and we got on quite well. And since then, she then, well, she then moved to Trends actually, and she asked me to do a talk, uh, and I said, yeah, for, for, for Trends. I, said, I didn't really want to do the talk. I was very busy, but I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do this talk because I liked I liked her. So. Anyway, little did I know that this trend is run by a company called The Hustle. So The Hustle then mentioned this talk in their newsletter. It's about a million people who read The Hustle. And I had about 1,000, 1,500 new subscribers in, in one day, which is probably my biggest day ever, just from this kind of relationship with Steph, which 
shouldn't, which just started because I went to an event. And I think a lot of my success has come from, if I've had much success, a lot of it has come from um, hang, hanging out with the people who read the content. Like, I always find that when someone emails me saying that they liked an article and I write a detailed reply back and kind of give them a bit of help or go into detail, it's always the same people who end up shouting out or end up recommending the site later down the line. There's such a correlation there. Um, all right, let's push on. So the second, the second part of this formula is you've got to get people to look at your site and they've also got to convert. So um, I think this is really, conversion I think is, is really underrated. It's the biggest lever you can, you can push because I can't stress enough how much easier it is to um, times your conversion by free than times your web traffic by free. Um, so just look at this example. Here we have 10,000 people. Uh, let's say you've got 10,000 people looking at your website and 1% are converting. So you have 100 new subscribers to your email list today. Now, the big boss comes in and he or she says, um, I want to get 300 subscribers per day. And a lot of people would say, oh, we've got to improve traffic by free. But you really don't. Your traffic can stay the same. It's just about improving the conversion of your email um, box or your product, whatever, what have you, by, by free. It's, it's, so much, it's so much easier. Um, so how do you improve conversion? Well, for a newsletter, the big thing is, is make something people want to subscribe to. It's that simple, but the simplicity is the thing which nearly all companies miss. Um, so here's a, I've got an example from a company, but here's firstly a, a personal example. So a friend comes to me uh, all the time and they'd say, oh, I'm starting this startup newsletter, writing about startups every week, please subscribe. And it's shocking. There's no real reason to subscribe. It's not different from any other, anyone else starting a startup newsletter. There's literally thousands of these things out there. So how do you differentiate yourself? Um, here's, what I, here's what I would say. Each week I spend 50 hours analyzing a new startup trend. I share what I learned in a five minute email report. Would you like to subscribe? And it's, this is actually um, the copy from a site called trends.vc, which has grown to, I think, 30,000 subscribers fairly quickly. And why has it grown? Because there's a reason, there's a purpose to it. It's not just everything for everybody. Um, now, let me give you a business example. So I love plants and I bought a few at the start of this year, which haven't been treated too well. But I went, I bought them on this uh, website called Patch Plants. And um, this is not what they have on their website, this, but this is what most companies have. They say, subscribe to the newsletter, stay up to date on the latest news from our world. And of course, no one is going to subscribe to that. There's just no reason to. So what Patch say, which I think is brilliant, is stop killing your plants, sign up to our free houseplant parenting course and um, receive 10 bite-sized lessons. And to summarize this in, in one line, it's you don't want to think about capturing emails. You want to think about creating something worth subscribing to. And that's what Patch do so well. Now, I can, I can assure you without any hard data that the one on the left will convert maybe 1% of people, probably less, and the one on the right will be more like 2, 3, 4%. And that's a way of Patch competing against a company which has traffic which is four times as big purely because they've just wrote something slightly different. It's such an easy lever to, to pull. Um, so for me, when I started out, I didn't really have this lesson. So I had something really generic, like why not join the weekly newsletter? 
And of course, no one was really subscribing. I quickly changed this to something personal because I'm an individual that's an, that's an asset in a way. People like people rather than companies. So I wrote, hey, I'm Harry. Each week I share a new case study in my newsletter. It's short, sweet and practical. 25,000 marketers read it. I'd love you to join. And then a lot of social proof below. And it was making my email uh, pop up or whatever, what have you, realer. And I think this was a way I think conversion went from about one to 5% uh, overnight with this change. Um, so yeah, make something people want to sign up for. First point of conversion. Second point of conversion. You've got to make it easy for them to subscribe. Again, really simple, but people just miss this. So I've got a little video here. Um, hopefully it's not too fast. Basically on my own website, Marketing Examples, there's four ways of, of subscribing. And from any given point on the website, you're only one click away from, from signing up. And um, I think if you're a business, it's a little bit different because your newsletter is not gonna be your main thing necessarily. You'd much rather people perhaps buy a product, of course, but if you are a content business, this is, I think, how to do it. So um, there's four different ways you'll see now with this place. So firstly, I've got a fixed navigation bar. Secondly, at the end of each article, I'll ask people to subscribe. I've got an exit intent pop-up, which comes up. And finally, a subscribe page. Um, and it's not rocket science. Um, the more sort of times people see these subscribe boxes, the more likely they're going to subscribe. Um, and the beauty, finally, of this subscribe page, number four, is that, you know, I said earlier in the talk that I'm sort of creating all this value, which I don't really like the word value, but I'm creating all this value on other platforms, Twitter, Indie Hackers, Reddit, Slack groups. What I do is, at the end of that, I'll say, hey, do you want to, I'd really appreciate if you joined the email list. And then I send people directly to the subscribe page. Um, and it's just straightforward, boom, they're in. Now it's, it's um, again, sounds really obvious, but if you do want to grow a newsletter, that fourth step, actually having a dedicated subscribe page makes your life so easy because otherwise I'd be sending all this traffic to my website, but they wouldn't actually be signing up. They'd just be reading the articles and, and whatever. And the beauty of wowing people on Reddit, I've had articles there with 6,000 um, likes or upvotes, whatever you call it, and people are already sold. They already love your content because you've given it to them exactly how it is in the newsletter. So all you've got to do is just say, hey, sign, sign up here. Um, that's why my conversion on my, my site is so high because the, the, the quality of traffic I'm sending, they're already sold on market examples. They just want to join, join the party. Um, okay. Uh, so I've done this whole talk and I said, how have I grown my newsletter? And I've talked about getting people to see your stuff and conversion, the two most important things. However, um, all this stuff, all that stuff's clever, but the real reason why my site's grown is because the content is really good. And that sounds a little bit arrogant, but it's what I kind of pride myself upon. So good content means firstly, more people see your stuff because people are sharing it. And also obviously it improves conversion because if people like your stuff, they're gonna, they're gonna convert. Now, I, you've got to stand out somehow. So how, how have I stood out? Because when I started in marketing, as I said, I was literally had no knowledge about marketing whatsoever. I uh, worked as a web developer, had no marketing experience. I didn't have any connections in, in marketing. 
Um, I really didn't know too much. Uh, so how have I managed to make my content stand out? I thought about this the other day and I thought all I've done, not all I've done, but I've, I put in a ridiculous amount of effort. I've just won on effort. I'm like the football player who's not, I'm like, a bit like James Milner. If you're from England, you probably know James Milner. I, I run up and down the pitch a lot and that makes my lack of ability, it, it masks it because I'm just working, I'm putting in so much effort into each newsletter. So I've got an example of this. Um, my new article coming out today or tomorrow is a, it's about Twitter and it's, I've made a little handbook. Uh, I've called it my Twitter inspiration handbook. And I basically read through thousands of tweets from, from brands and I pulled out the best ones and I've grouped them into categories. So one category is quick tips. Another category is, um, is threads, how brands do threads. Another category is uh, um, ads, commercials. Another one is, okay, you get, you get the picture. These, they're all grouped into different, different categories. And this is the current uh, design file, which I'm working on for this article. All it is is just hundreds of tweets. Memes is another category. Um, there you go. Uh, replies, a brand's replying in smart ways. Here's, uh, okay, there's lots of tweets. That's the point I'm, I'm making here. And anybody can put this together. I'm not, I don't think my skill is being particularly talented. Anyone who's working for a company could put this sort of content together. Uh, Twitter inspiration handbook. And this is all gonna go into one newsletter uh, tomorrow or today, whenever I finish it. And the point is that, yeah, the, the point's simple. I'm not, I'm not showing you this to show off in any way, shape, way or form. It's just how I've done it. My, how I've stood out is just by spending a lot of time on each edition. Um, that's my kind of unique dif differentiator, I suppose. Um, and, okay, so the, the idea I have is you should treat yourself a little bit like a musician. And even if you're a company, I still, I still stand by this because so many company newsletters suck. So th there's a misconception uh, that, that, there's, that, that, that content doesn't harm you. I disagree. I think that if you're a company or an individual and you write two bad newsletters in a row, you've just lost all that potential energy which you've built up. So my goal each edition is how can I make this better than the last one? How can, I, how can this newsletter even be better than that one? How can it be better, better than that one? And you just keep compressing, compressing this spring where people, people want to, people want to support you. Um, okay. So one, well, getting near to the end of this, uh, this, this kind of scattergun talk. One thing I haven't mentioned is, um, is, which has really helped me is how I kind of create loops between the different platforms. So I have a large following on Twitter, uh, which I started out on. That was the platform I began on. And then I had the newsletter and I didn't have any presence on Instagram or LinkedIn. And I thought, how can I kind of tie this spider's web together to propel myself on these other platforms? Um, or how can I connect everything together? So the first thing I realized is that your newsletter, when you write it, if you write something good, it's a real asset. You've got all these people who love the edition. What can you do with them? Uh, what can you ask them to do? So here's an example from, I wrote this article about 17 tips for great copywriting. And on the newsletter, I had at the end of it, I won't lie, this one took me a while. If you enjoyed it, please show some love to the thread on Twitter. So I'm sort of connecting the newsletter to the Twitter. People then retweet the tweet on Twitter. 
and then in the article as well on my actual website i'd say if you enjoyed this uh, this article perhaps like or retweet the thread on twitter so this thread on twitter kind of kind of blows up in a way and at the end of this thread on twitter then obviously i've got my my newsletter call to action so you sort of link these two platforms together and then when i was starting on instagram i had this sort of kind of dedicated following on twitter so i'd say um I just said openly, I'd love you to follow the Instagram page. So I get about 300, 400 and a little start on Instagram. Another way I do this is, is email. So this is my welcome email. You sign up for Mark Zambos, this is what you get. And lots of it's about boost and open rate. Um, the second paragraph here, the best place to stay up to date is Twitter or Instagram. So firstly, I'm trying to get people to sign up to the email back onto my social media feeds in the nicest way possible. And then at the end, I've got this line saying, P.S. I'm down to connect on LinkedIn if you'd like. So again, how did I grow my LinkedIn? Well, I basically took all the people on my newsletter. Well, not all, but about 30% of them end up connecting with me on LinkedIn. So I, it's a way of taking sort of hardcore fans of mine. Sounds like such a, you know, a dick thing to say, because I don't see it like that, like, see it like that at all. But I took the, the LinkedIn uh, folk over to, sorry, I took the email list folk over to LinkedIn. Well, they'll then like the content on LinkedIn, which then shares it with all their friends, et cetera, et cetera. So it's these sort of interconnectedness, which I think is definitely had a lot of merit to my, to my, my limited success. Um, in summary, um, how do you grow a newsletter? How have I grown a newsletter? Well, come up with a sharing strategy. It's most, probably the most important thing. Uh, your content's not gonna market itself. Um, conversion, so create a newsletter people actually want to read. Uh, thirdly, how can you stand out? What can you say that someone else isn't already saying? Um, and finally, loops. Use your newsletter to build your Twitter. Use your Twitter to build your newsletter. Use your Instagram to build your newsletter. Connect it all together. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, well, I, I, I did. I'm sorry it was a bit scattergun and a bit all over the place, but um, it's early in the morning. Uh, yeah, cheers. Legend. Cheers, Harry. That was uh, that was brilliant. I, I think you gained quite a few more subscribers over the course of this uh, this session. Do you want to um, stop sharing the screen, mate, so we can uh, yeah, get us both? Honestly, mate, um, that was that was. You called it scattergun, but I think in there there's there's just so much gold and, and it's not without meaning without looking to denigrate anything you've done, but like none of it is bonkers. I mean the James Milner sort of like analogy is amazing because like this is what we all need to be doing and it's not beyond people. Uh, but the fact you've done it and had such success is is testament to someone who has put the effort into it. There was a comment from uh, someone uh, from Grace uh, who said it's very hard to uh, resent you for your success because you, you've done it with uh, such amount because you're so humble with it uh, but you've also put the effort in and, and I, I think that's true to every testament there's, there's a ton of great comments coming in as well uh, so do take a moment to digest those mate because uh, you know you, you deserve it there is also a bunch of open questions so if it's all right I'll, uh, I'll, I'll yeah 100% um, so the first one is from uh, my good mate, James, James Sandbrook. Um, and I, I noticed this actually on one of your most recent um, emails that you, you mentioned um, open rates were changing because of the dreaded promotions tab. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it, 
you know, it's probably quite a simple answer, but how, how are you looking to address that challenge right now? Okay, so uh, to, be, to be transparent, I think my open rate started at about 55, 60%. And then over time, it settled at about 50% for about six months. And then recently, it dropped to 40%, where it's sort of sitting now, which is still really high. So I don't want to beat myself up about it. But um, it is a little bit concerning if the rate keeps dropping and dropping. Firstly, if you run a business, it, it's that high because I... I'm very new, so I've only been going for a year. So look at me in five years time and I'm sure it will have come down to more normal levels. Um, how have I addressed this? Well, the first thing I did was I spoke to my email service provider. So I email Octopus run my newsletter. Uh, I host it on them. So I emailed them and said, my open rates dropped uh, a bit over the last couple of editions. Is there anything I could, you, you can help me with? And he mentioned a couple of quite technical things about DKIM, and I honestly, I can't remember, but we went for it in about two hours and we tweaked a couple of things, which, which he said would work. So the first thing I'd say is get yeah, chat to whoever's running your newsletter. Um, and the other thing I think is just being honest with your subscribers. Hopefully a lot of people in the newsletter uh, do like the newsletter. And when I say to them that, look, this might end up in the promotions tab, they'll drag it to the primary or they'll add or they'll whitelist me. So I'm hoping that the next newsletter, you know, that's happened. Um, and, and finally, I think, um, I think in my welcome email, obviously, I say to people this, so it's, yeah, kind of, kind of get in before it happens is what I would say is best advice. Nice. I love that. And, and that speaks true to both the technical side of things, but also a very human side of things, which is, uh, you know, just, just being honest with folks and, and having those conversations. Um, so one of the most striking things I think about the talk and your process is, is about the identification and, and, and the finding of, of folks to speak to, to to go off other groups um so how did you go about like I, i've done the exercise so i actually read your blog post um on, on uh how you built your list a little while ago which was uh, the reason why i asked you and in there you showed the graphic which you showed today of like all the different channels and, and all the different groups in it and I actually went out and I tried to replicate it myself. But I was completely inspired, you know, so like, mate, absolutely smashing it. But one of the things that I found quite difficult was that, say, for example, when I went on Facebook, then, you know, I, I'd type in groups of marketers or, or, or words to that effect. And there would be a bunch of, you know, groups with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, but very low engagement and that sort of stuff. So how do you go about identifying groups that matter and that sort of have that engagement and almost do you do you have the idea that your content stands on its own two feet so well that actually even in those groups which are heavy populated that you're going to stand out anyway um okay so the first part of the, the question i think i would say the first person to say that i make everything up as i go along so when i started <laughs> out a friend a friend told me that facebook groups had lots of marketers in so I heard this and I asked him what what Facebook groups were you know show me these groups of yours so he listed about three or four and from these three or four I kind of followed the breadcrumbs and found about 20 but I quickly realized uh, this was in my first month when Facebook groups were whole new I thought they were great a whole new way of reaching people but I quickly realized that as Joe said um, yeah 80% are pretty dead so I stopped posting them and I, I think there's about six or seven on my slide, which is somewhere on my website as well, which actually do have good engagement. 
Um, as well, the thing in these groups I've realized is um, people don't like self-promotion in these groups. You're not really allowed to self-promote unless you kind of unless you kind of offer stuff yourself. So I'd never link an article. I'd never um, talk about my own my own website. It came to the point actually where I'd made all these quick tips. And I would just share them and not even, there's no, not even a, a reference to market examples. And then underneath someone might write, oh, I saw this on the market example site <laughs> and then they'd link it for me. So right. the, it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work, but fortunately because I'd left my job, I had the luxury of time. And I'd say if you're, if you're a business um, and trying to sort of replicate or try and grow your business newsletter, you really should give someone the freedom to explore all this stuff. Because it, if I said to my boss when I was working at the web development company, I want to start a, a newsletter and you've got to give me a day here because I'm just going to join loads of Facebook groups and something might not happen from it. They just say, no, do the work. But yeah. it all kind of connects and it, it does have an, an impact. Yeah. I love that. No, you know, you're spot on. And I, I think there's, there's a, there's a short-termism trend in, in marketing that, that goes on. You know, you need you need that thing that delivers today. But um, you know, your testament to someone who's taken the time. And um, I think the words that you used in your talk was about um, you know actually becoming a member of that community. And that only comes with time, comes with effort, comes with connection. And, and we're all human beings, so we don't like uh, jumping in, you know, straight in. You know, it does take time. So good on you. There's a question here from uh, Victor who asks, uh, do you or did you look for feedback on the type of content your subscribers want to receive? Uh, not so much the format, but maybe the topics. Um, if that's the case, uh, at what stage do you sort of incorporate that into your research? So I, I've got to say, uh, Victor, I think the name was, um, I, my operation runs well because I've got an elder brother. And what happens is, um, this isn't so much about the topics, this is more about how I create the content. And basically, I'll show him what I've got. And the key to good writing, I think, is, is cutting. So there's a quote by James Clear, which is twice the examples and half the words. And that's how you improve your, your articles. And for marketing examples, it's very much like 10 times the examples and 10 times fewer the words. So what my brother Tom does is he comes in, I'll show him this like two page Google Doc, and he'll say, um, yeah, we've got to reduce this to half a page. So feedback has been so crucial in, in any sort of success I've had, and it's come from a good, a, a good friend and a brother, but it's the same thing, you can replicate that in a company. I think just the importance is to sort of drop your ego and acknowledge the fact that someone reading your work is probably you know, gonna know better than you. In terms of topics, um, have I got feedback in terms of topics uh, and what to write about? Um, a little bit. So <laughs> there's, been one, there's been one article specifically where a subscriber sent a strategy they were doing about Unsplash, which I just said, this is amazing. I'm gonna big you up and put this straight in the, straight in the newsletter. Um, other than that, to be honest with you, not massively. And I'm, I'm not sure that's the right answer or the wrong answer, but I just gotta be honest. Um, answer. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said for uh, you know, you've already said about making it up as you go along and, and that's okay. You know, it's got you pretty far already. So, so uh, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, how do you, in, in that case then, how do you actually find your inspiration for your articles? Um, what, what's, your, what's your thing? 
Okay, so I'm like a, I have the analogy, I'm like a police dog sniffing for drugs and the drugs are the marketing examples. I just honestly, anywhere and everywhere. So uh, I'll give you an example. It was my mum's birth, 60th birthday a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. And we went to a really nice restaurant, went to a Michelin restaurant for the first time. And the, the waiter um, started telling us this story about how the Michelin guide was, what was the story? It was about how... Um, how the Michelin Guide was started by Michelin, the tire company, to promote their tires because back in the day in France, no one was driving anywhere. So they'd, they'd made this guide with all the best restaurants to encourage motorists to sort of travel far and wide. And I thought, oh, that's really good content marketing. So my next article, I had that in as an example. Um, I also think that um, you, your sort of creative outputs are so heavily linked to your I sound like such an idiot. Creative outputs. I don't no, mean like no, that. You, you're good. You're good. <laughs> your, your outputs, right? They're so linked to your inputs. So I try and read a lot of books. I try and uh, I read, get a lot of inspiration from Twitter. I get a lot of inspiration from LinkedIn, from 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 everyone anywhere. And I'd say that I'm a professional thief. So this article, uh, I'm doing this one about Twitter handbook. I saw someone do something a little bit similar. They did a thread of seven tweets showcasing different styles of tweets. And I thought, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm gonna take this to a new level. I'm gonna do with 20 different styles of tweets. And I'm gonna come up with four best examples for, for each tweet. So honestly, I just look around and, and see the best stuff and then try and how can I improve this? It's kind of the attitude. Let's apply the, the James Milner methodology to, to good stuff that's already out there. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, so you've already mentioned, you know, so I know that you're a bit of a, a copywriting, uh, a copywriting guy. And, and you've mentioned um, the quote about more examples, less words. Do you, do you have any other um, tips for copywriting? I mean, you've already read 17 tips for copywriting in, in, in your particular article. Um, but do you have anything that runs through your mind in particular when, when you're writing your, your articles or, or or social stuff that um, maybe maybe if we take articles first because I, I think it will be different for social. Um, so when you're writing your articles, what's your copywriting things that are running through your head? When I'm when I'm writing myself, right first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I have got some, some tips lined up, but firstly, um, I found that a lot of my best articles are stories in a way. So I'll have the first, I'll, I'll, you, if you're sharing on LinkedIn and Twitter, you've got that little first bit people read before they click see more or before they read the second tweet in the thread. And I think that this tweet or this little opening gambit paragraph is, is so important. It's, and I think what I've realized is, so I had an article about uh, the marketing genius of Lil Nas X. And it was about how this rapper uh, called Lil Nas went from his mother's couch to break in Mariah Carey's record for the most uh, weeks at number one. And there's an A, point A, and there's point B, really far apart. And then how do you get from A to B? So I sort of present A and B and then say, look, I'm gonna show you how, how did this happen? That's the next point. And then I'll give you another example of this. Uh, I said a story about how Nike, uh, actually how Andrew Schultz, a comedian called Andrew Schultz, how Andrew Schultz kind of, kind of exploded a bit, the comedian. And it, it took them from point A, him being, uh, hi, him being rejected by every comedy network to point B, which is his YouTube channel now getting more views than Comedy Central. And these two points are so far apart, I present them straight away and I kind of say, 
I can't remember exactly what the words were, but I kind of set, set this up and then said, I'm gonna show you, show you how this happened. Um, so I, people love stories is the, is the first thing I've realized. Um, in terms of uh, copywriting tips specifically, I'll, I'll give you the top three, okay, quickly. So my favorite <laughs> one is uh, write the title only you can. So what can you say about the problem which you solve, your company solves, that no one else in the world, in the whole wide world can? So I saw a company called Fast, a payments company. And on Twitter the other day, they did an A&B test live on social media. The first title was Fast, boosts conversion by up to 25%. And the other title was One Click, No Passwords, The World's Fastest Checkout. And um, they said on social media, one of these has got, is converting 100% better than the other one in terms of people starting the trial. And um, obviously, not obviously, but the answer is One Click, No Passwords, The World's Fastest Checkout. And I think that's because that's the title which only they, only they can write. I could start a payments company tomorrow and kind of bullshit that I could boost conversion by 25%. It means nothing. Anyone can spin that up on a website. Okay, two more. Um, I'll say, uh, get specific. So don't say, unless you're an energy company, don't say, save more on your energy bill. Say, save an average of 33% on your energy bill. Um, I also think uh, copywriting is selling. So third tip here, a lot of people romanticize what copywriting is, but the goal isn't to be clever or to be cute. The goal is to inspire action. So I'm on this Reddit forum all the time called Reddit Copywriting. People post really smart stuff to there, like, oh, look at that wordplay, look at that joke. But what the top comment nearly always is, is people will say, yeah, but has it sold anything? So don't obsess about trying to be clever or cute. Just, just it's, it's gotta inspire people to click buy or people to read more or what have you. And then finally, one for luck, I would say uh, clarity above everything is, is, is uh, recently I did this uh, big kind of article about uh, companies landing pages. And I looked through about 200 and I worked with a professional copywriter and we tried to rewrite their landing page. We chose the top nine for this. And what we found was on about 40% of these pages, it took us about 20, 30 seconds to realize what the product actually was. And it shocked me and it made me think, forget all the smart tips, just it's gotta be clear. Um, and if you're, if you're not doing that, yeah, that's the first thing I think to, to, to address. Mate, the, uh, the, the comments are coming in. Um, Jordan, who I know is a, is a copywriter, says that she wished she could distill this and give it to her clients when they ask about copywriting. I feel like maybe we'll just do a snippet on, the, on those little copywriting tips, because that, that was, uh, Amazing. And then there's Kelly, um, the amazing Kelly Molson, who's now got two weeks in a row with a mention. Uh, she says, how many people on this call are wanting to hire Harry right this minute? Um, <laughs> I think you've got at least three. Well, in fact, there's a lot more uh, coming through now. So, uh, mate, you're doing all right. Um, so there was a point there um, which you raised about uh, the story of the comedian. And I was just curious, really, you know, when it comes to building your audience and building the newsletter list and, and building hype around you. I saw on that particular story that the, the comedian in question actually retweeted you once you'd posted out uh, the, the Twitter thread. So with that in mind, you know, how important is it in your mind when you're going through this process to uh, get these folks and get these stories told by the people that you're telling the story about, you know, and, and do you put any extra effort into 
sort of getting in touch with people and saying, hey, have you checked this out? Or, or do, you, do, you, do you just let Twitter do its job? And kind hey. of uh, do it from there. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, okay, so I'll start with a, a, a slightly different story about, about this topic. There's someone called Justin McThorkley. I can't remember the person's name, but Justin McSomebody or other. And honestly, he's built an email list from about zero to five thousands very, very quickly. And what he's done is he basically writes email newsletters about um, all the tweets from certain people. So it'd be like the mind of David Perel, who's a kind of biggish name on Twitter. And he'd summarize David Perel's content into the top sort of 10 tweets or 20 tweets. And what can you learn, learn from them? He's done this for tens of other honestly 15 people or so now and what often happens as joe's kind of said is that these people are kind of flattered i suppose someone's wrote about them and they'll end up sharing it to their huge audience and that's how justin's newsletter's grown so i think it really is a definite tactic um for me uh in the early days i was i was always really keen for people to 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 share it and then i kind of just thought to myself I don't want to. I don't want to be atting people underneath these tweets saying, "Hey, Andrew, check out this article I read about you." Uh, although I'm sure, from a marketing perspective, it's maybe better. So, but but what what I realised is that fortunately, other people at the people for you. So how Andrew Schultz uh, ended up sharing this this article was, lots of people in the in the comments wrote, "Andrew Schultz, big respect" or something along those lines. And then he saw it and he shared it. And I think, funnily enough if I tried really hard and I was messaging him and emailing him saying, share my article, he'd probably be less likely to than, than if he got it organically. Um, so I don't force it too much. Nice. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it works. You know, I think, uh, yeah, there's so many people who are just completely impressed. Um, we've got about seven minutes left. So I want to spend a little bit of time, if you don't mind, uh, just speaking about marketing examples and where it goes. So the top question that's sat in the Q&A right now, and actually this is the one that, <laughs> it's the one that I get all the time as well about the to meet up as well. So I kind of feel like we're in the same boat here, but uh, Jake uh, asks, and you feel free to sort of skip over the question if you want to, but he says, I know this shouldn't be the pro, uh, primary focus, but how are you monetizing, you know, marketing examples and, what's the business model into the future? So he suggests affiliates, newsletter sponsors, et cetera. But I think he's just curious. Uh, yeah, no, good question. Um, really good question. And it's the burning question on my mind as well. So currently, to be really honest, I make $3,300 a month from a sponsor, Ahrefs, this kind of, uh, this sponsor company, this, sorry, SEO company. And for me, you've got to remember that I started as a web developer, web designer, and now my business is making as much as I'd make in my salary, which is, I was just, I, I don't take it for granted that that's happened. Like, I don't always think the next thing, the next thing. I'm delighted. And I got an email from the Ahrefs CMO the other day saying, we'll keep up going at this rate for as long as you'd like to. So um, firstly, Okay, so then here's my answer, my actual answer, because 3,300 is lovely, but I'm hopefully I can make a bit more. So what's, what I thought is that um, Dave Gerhardt, who I really respect, said that, actually, let me phrase this correctly. I had to earn my stripes as a marketer. I was, a, I was very much a nobody, so I've been going for a year and a half, and I've never tried to sell anything to anybody, nothing that's been just a sponsor on the, news, on the newsletter. And I think that I had to go through that. 
I think that if I tried to jump in in month two and say, hey, I've got a course, people would, you know, shrug their shoulders and say, oh, he's, well, yeah, he's just doing this to sell something. Um, I think that, look, the longer term play next year, there probably will be um, some kind of, of, of paid material, um, but haven't thought about it too much. I think my mind's very much on the present. My, my goal this year was to get 50,000 newsletter subscribers. And I'm on 42, so 8,000 to go by, uh, by Christmas and take it a step at a time, I think. I think that actually, last point, because I'm going on a touch, but it, it, I thought to myself that if I can make the, the best kind of marketing content out there, I won't have to worry about monetizing it. It will just, it will come, it will happen. It will be, it will be natural. So that's been my, my focus has just been, how can I kind of blow people away each week? And um, hopefully when I end up trying to make more, it will happen. I think you're doing, you know, an amazing, amazing, amazing job. And there's a, <laughs> in the comment section, we've got Hannah, Abigail, Charlotte, Camilla, Prince Will, James, all saying that they're now subscribers. And there has been throughout the course of the, the, the session as well. So I, I think, you know, hopefully we'll be doing our bit to help you contribute towards that. Um, towards that. Um, I know that you're you're also a student of marketing. You know, you spend a lot of time reading. You know, to use your analogy, the sniffer dog um, of, of both marketing examples, but marketing theory and stuff like that. What are the the top resources that you've been using recently, and uh, and or even the ones not even recently, just the ones that have struck a chord at any point during your sort of progression as a marketing person? Okay, so I think the best book out there is uh, Hey Whipple, Squeeze This, is the book which I just thought, ah, it's just marketing examples. It's every page is a new ad, a new example. And that's so amazing. It's, it's more about kind of ads and copywriting, I suppose, but it taught me a hell of a lot. So I really recommend that. Um, there's also a book which very few people have read called Junior. Um, if you type into Amazon, Junior Copywriting, it, it's a blue book, um, which I wrote, I wrote an article 17 copywriting tips. and. For that article, I, I read a lot of stuff on copywriting, and this book was one which I just um, kind of took. I guess "took" is the wrong word, but I, I used that book a lot for inspiration when I was when I was writing that article. Um, I love. I know Joe actually had this person on um, the, the marketing meetup. Uh, Louis has got "Everyone Hates Marketers" podcast, and I really like it because he's refreshingly blunt. He's just so to the point. He's. It's not like a kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I listen to that a lot. Um, uh, what, what else? I mean, uh, I, I think Ahrefs, if you're into SEO, Ahrefs YouTube channel is amazing. Oh, go, I've got one. Growth.design is, is, is kind of UX stuff, but it's, uh, it's, it's an unhidden gem. I'm just going to put it in the comments. If you just type growth.design, they've got some amazing case studies about UX um, and it's by two Canadian people who I think are, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. And finally, uh, Julian Shapiro has a growth guide. If you type that into Google, I think that's also really good. Um, Steph Smith's got a course on content. If you type Steph Smith content, it's a really good course. Um, I don't know, that's all I've got. I mean, that, that's a pretty exhaust. I think we're gonna be keeping people fairly busy for the rest of the day, at least. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I think I will we'll close on one question, Harry, um, you know, which is, 
I think one of the things that you've done with your newsletter, and as we, as we spoke about this as a, as a newsletter webinar, you know, you've obviously honed in on your, your newsletter copy. So do you have any tips for folks who um, are putting together a newsletter or whatever it may be to sort of make it engaging um, as you sort of created this amazing thing over the course of time? Firstly, again, far too generous. And this whole community seems to be like you've built up loads of people who love, who love the marketer meetup, but I, I, I do. So I think that the biggest mistake companies make is basically having no personality, having no one, having no real person behind their newsletter. So how have I grown my, my newsletters in the way I have? Honestly, it's, it's, it's because there's a real person signing off every email. There's a real person answering every single email. It's not, um, so if you're running a business or starting your own newsletter, put yourself at the forefront. People prefer humans to companies, to be blunt. So if I was running a newsletter for a SaaS company, I would have it, I would dedicate a member of the staff to write or employee, CEO, whatever it is, to write the newsletter. And it would be, it would be from them every single week and it'd be something they could be proud of. It wouldn't be a company, oh, we've got to ship this, we've got to get this out done before. I, I just, this is your baby and you go for it and grow your own following off the back of it as well. I think that when you're giving employees kind of, um, um, uh, what's the word? <laughs> uh, when you empower them, when, when, yeah, when you free them, when you empower them, they then go crazy. The best example of this is, is sorry to keep mentioning them, but Ahrefs, the, the trick they do is their employees are advocates for their own company. So whenever Ahrefs writes an article um, about SEO online, it will be shared by their head of content called Joshua and whoever wrote the article and Tim, who's the head of marketing there. And they all get together like a kind of, like a kind of boy band or a girl, girl band for a girl company. And um, they, they share this um, and, and they, work, yeah, they work together to promote this piece of content. And it's so much more valuable than just a company tweeting out a, a link or a company writing a, a newsletter. I love it. I, I think, you know, that, that, that humanity point is uh, something that runs through again and again. And, and, and whether it's one of your style, which is one of empathy or, or you know, writing for a personal point of view, then, then that's all absolutely spot on. So, folks, we've used up our time uh, with uh, the, the great Harry. Um, mate, absolutely outstanding. And, and so this is actually... As much as I've been following Harry for a long, long time, this is the first time we've, we've interacted over email, but I'm, I'm sat here as, as pleasantly surprised by how humble he's been throughout the course of the session. Um, also, thank you all so, so much for engaging in the, uh, in the chat feature throughout. Uh, I hope that you all feel like you get the opportunity to sort of chat with each other as well. Uh, there's, there's really, you know, as much as this virtual world is great in that we're able to open out our arms to, to lots of folks. Hopefully you feel like you've got that connection too. Um, two things from me. Uh, the first is, or three things. Uh, the first is please do, please do take the time to share on LinkedIn about uh, today's session, how much you enjoyed it. Uh, follow Harry on, uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever it may be, or, or subscribe to his newsletter. Um, secondly, if you could thank the sponsors, it really, really does make the world of difference. Uh, there's, well over 250 people still on the call listening to this outro uh, so if 250 people were to smash the sponsors today uh, I think we'd have sponsorship for the rest of our lives um, 
And finally, our next webinar is actually on the 1st of December. So I've, we've got a week break uh, in between. So um, you can chill out uh, and then we'll be back on the 1st of December. I hope that's right because I'm doing it off the top of my head. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see you there too. So thank you all so, so much for being here. Harry, thank you. Uh, I can see that you've been tapping away in the chat feature throughout, so you've been able to see all the comments coming in, so that's wicked. Uh, have a lovely, lovely day, everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, just enjoy it. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all very thank much. You. Lo lovely community, it really is. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Take care.